All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, a tremendous Tuesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca, Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where all of the revenue stays right here in the province. Use your game sense. Go to gamesense.ab.ca. And uh, we have another loaded show for you today. Uh, Jarius Jackson, the offensive coordinator of the Elks, will be by the offense. Hey, it's looked pretty good under Jackson and Trey Ford. We will talk to him about that. And how what happened for 11 passing yards, 21 passing yards through three quarters. And then uh, the offense woke up in the fourth. So we'll find out from him. Uh, Sean Brown will make his uh, co-hosting debut on the show today. Uh, former NHLer. Of course, a former first-round pick, a former uh, AJHL head coach and general manager as well. So we'll talk uh, all things uh, sports with him. Uh, Brian Burke, longtime uh, NHL executive, NHL general manager, Stanley Cup winner. Now he is the executive director of the Professional Women's Hockey League Players Association. Something that uh, you know that you know one thing, Burke has always been someone who's pretty strong supporter of players. It's a pretty good hire by the uh, PWHLPA, I would think. Anyway, so we'll talk to uh, to Berkey. Also, uh, Stratty will be by. Four o'clock hour, Spec. Uh, Derek Van Deest also will uh, make his debut as we uh, continue to uh, introduce some of our uh, weekly or regular contributors on the show. You can make your debut, if you haven't, via the text line. Text us 833-401-1440. You can always email us, Gregor 
at sports1440.ca. Connor at sports1440.ca. So text and email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox. It's easy to do. It's simple. We got uh, lots coming in already. Man, the uh, the interesting story in the NHL is you had uh, Paul Bissonnette reporting that uh, you know Mike Milbury had been having players in the meeting room and telling them to put their phone on the airplay and showing photos and you know then Boone Jenner the captain says now nah, we sat down and we had a conversation and he asked me about my family and stuff and I showed him some pictures so we get to know kind of what your wife and kids look like so if you see him around the rink stuff like that so Babcock says no I didn't ask guys to show me their phone Jenner says no uh Biznasty is saying, no, 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 I've got multiple guys telling me. So here's the thing about the story. So number one, if Biznasty's side is true, it's not a good look on the, on the coach. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, think about it as a parent. My son doesn't have a phone. He's not old enough yet. But when he does have a phone, like there is, there's got to be a trust factor there. Right? And now some people say, if I pay for the phone as mom or dad, then I can have access to the phone whenever I like. And I can understand it, like, especially when you're talking teenagers whose frontal lobe isn't fully developed, right? Sometimes maybe they're going to make the wrong decision, so you want to check in on them. But I'd be curious as a parent, like, what's the rule if you have a 16, 17-year-old? Can you just say, give me your phone and let me look at it whenever you want? Is, is that the norm? Honestly, I'm asking because I don't know. My son's not old enough. I haven't asked anybody that question. But that's a kid, if your if your son or daughter is twenty, and they live at home, do you still do you still just say no? Let me see your phone whenever you like. Like it's kind of their property, isn't it? So, to even consider if the allegations are true, that he asked guys to show them their pictures, like that's like what are you thinking? But then on the other side, let's say Babcock and Jenner's story is true. That this was in conversation. He's asking me about my family, my kids, weddings, see some pictures. So you get to know the people. So if that side's true, to me, there's either way, there's an issue. Because the issue is either A, the head coach has clearly got some problems. Or B, if Biz Nasty, who says I've got multiple players telling me this, if that's indeed the case, then you have multiple players fabricating a story. Well, that's not good for Babcock. Because your culture is kind of screwed to begin with. Right? You're, you're, you're out there. You're suing your coach for something he didn't do. And then if the coach did it, well, that's not good either. So I don't think if you're these Columbus Blue Jackets, this is what you wanted a week before training camp begins. Right? This is not ideal. Either way. I don't know who's telling the truth. It's basically a he said, he said situation right now. Some people are going to believe Jenner and Babcock. Others are going to believe it's nasty. I don't know. Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Is Was something lost in translation? Maybe. Like when I saw, ba- I'll actually read you the, um, I'll read you the quotes from the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, head coach, Mike Babcock. Quote, while meeting with our players, and staff, I asked them to share off their phones family pictures as part of the process of getting to know them better. There was absolutely nothing more to it than that. The way this was portrayed on the Spinning Chicklets podcast was a gross misrepresentation of those meetings and extremely offensive. These meetings have been very important and beneficial, not only for me, but for our players and staff. And to have them depicted like this is irresponsible and completely inaccurate. Captain Boone Jenner. 
While meeting with Babs, he asked me about my family and where I'm from, my upcoming wedding, and hockey-related stuff. He then asked if I had pictures of my family, and I was happy to share them with him. He showed me pictures of his family. I thought it was a great first meeting and a good way for us to start to build a relationship. To have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing. So that's what Jenner said. Then, after that uh, came out, here is uh, what Biz Nasty, uh, Paul Bissonnette, reported. Tell Babs to knock off the BS. Enough with putting guys in the spot in the coach's room, asking them to link their phones up to airplay mode and grilling them. I've had tons of players confirm it. Smarten the bleep up, Babs. Shove your statement up here, you know what. <laughs> so, there you go. He didn't back down. Like, I, Honestly, I, I don't know. I can't make a strong stance either way. Like, if indeed the coach did it, I'm just like, how could you possibly think that's a good idea? Now, if you want, if, if Jenner's story is true that, hey, he asked me pictures of my family, showed me pictures of his, I showed him, right? Hey, you have kids? Oh, hey, can I see them? Now, would you show your, your coach your picture of your kids? Probably. But if he puts it up on airplane, it's in the room, and now you're just scrolling through the phone, like, why would a player just say no? Right? Why would you say, you know what? Because um, think about it. Let's say you're married. How many of you out there might have a nice photo of your significant other in your phone? Right? Maybe he or she sent you one at some point, which is totally allowed when you're happily married or common law, whatever. Is that a big deal? Maybe she sent you a photo. Hey, you know what? I went lingerie shopping. Check this out. Now, do you really want your coach to see that? Like, I just, I can't, I can't fathom someone saying, put your phone here so I can just search through your pictures. Now, maybe it happened. I'm not saying it didn't, but I can't even fathom how someone would think, hey, this is a good idea. That's what's mind-blowing to me. And the other thing is, Connor, like, to just make it up would seem rather odd too, right? You know, I'm not yeah. saying biz nasty. Is he saying, hey, I got lots of guys who've said this happened. And if it didn't, if some player just sends it to him and says, hey, this happened, like, I don't know, it just seems maybe something got lost in translation. Yeah, you know what, uh, Babcock asked us for pictures. But in the sense when you hear Boone Jenner explain it, well, that seems actually normal. So I don't know. Where do you come out? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a very weird story that pops up here. And I, I guess I just wonder, what does the conversation change like when it's a younger player? You know, you don't have kids. You don't have a wife. You don't have a family that's running around why would you ask to see their photos? Like, what is really going to come up? So it, it can't be a straight question across yeah, the board because very fair. If Fantilli sits there, uh, hey, yeah, can I see pictures of your parents? Like, it, it seems a little <laughs> bit weird why he would even bring this up. Do you uh, even have pictures of your parents on your phone? No, no, yeah. I don't. I think I, I think I have a picture saved from a, a cruise in Alaska. Okay, uh, they were standing outside the boat. Yeah. But I mean, it just seems like a weird thing that you know most coaches maybe kind of tiptoe around it. Do you have a family? Can't wait to meet them. Look forward to it. Make sure you introduce us. Not, yeah, let's uh, open up your phone and throw it up on the screen here, and I'll take a gander at it. Just, it seems weird. Babcock seems to be a bit of a different cat. Uh, so I, I, part of it is believable, but we're also living in this social media age where everyone has an opinion, and we can blow these things out of proportion, right? So I don't know. I kind of feel like the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. Here's my question, though, to parents of teenagers. I'm just curious, what's the guideline? Do you get access whenever you want to their phone or is there some sort of yes i pay for it because you know you're in school and what have you but it, it's still your phone and there's a trust factor how does it work i'm very curious because 
to me, I think if, you know, I get to an age with, with my son and, and I'm pretty staunch on when he's going to get a phone. I've read enough on how harmful it can be at young age, right? Like if it was just a phone without the internet, totally different topic. Now, if I could go back and just get a flip phone for my kids, so it's like, hey, I need to get a hold of them. Well, then great. All for it. But it's when you throw in the internet and Googling and lots of different things, that's where the issues arise, right? Sending pictures. That can be a problem. Now, you can be the best parent in the world and you can remind your son or daughter time after time, do not send photos, but obviously not everybody's listening. So I would just be curious, what's like the going code amongst parents for their kid's phone? We could even get into I don't even want to get into the conversation about how old you think your kid should be when they have a phone because <laughs> I, I do think some have jumped the shark on this. Oh, my eight-year-old, I need to get a hold of them. Why? Like, what do you think an eight-year-old's doing? Like, what do they need a phone for? But that's just me. So, uh, to each their own on that. So, uh, we shall, uh, we shall see. Also, last night, oh, if you're a Jets fan, it's like heartache and jubilation all in the same game. Heartache with uh, Aaron Rodgers three minutes in, going down, getting carted off the field. Turns out that's a torn Achilles. He's done for the season. He played three minutes, he threw one pass. Not good. But the Jets, man, their defense stepped up. Josh Allen, whew, rusty. Those are some terrible interceptions he threw. And then you get a punt return for a touchdown in overtime to win the game. And that's actually the second time, Connor Halley, second time the Jets have beat the Bills. They now are the first team in NFL history to have a kickoff return for a touchdown in overtime and a punt return for a touchdown, both coming against the Buffalo Bills. They're the first team in NFL history to have both a kick return and a punt return for touchdowns in overtime. So Jets fans, hey, who knows? Like, I can understand if there's lots of trepidation with your quarterback situation right now. I understand it completely. But, man, they got some playmakers. You see that catch by Wilson? <laughs> you kidding me? That was unbelievable. And Hall looked great. So they've got some pieces there. Um, Bills fans probably, you know, I chalk it up to week one. They just didn't play very well. I don't, I don't think their season's going to derail by any stretch of the imagination. Kind of like KC, both of them didn't love their game. Now, KC was more that the receivers just couldn't catch the ball. Josh Allen, and I, you know what I like? Josh Allen right after the game, oof, it sucks when you're the reason the team loses. And trust me, I was the reason we lost, to paraphrase what he said. And I think it was accurate. He was not, well, it wasn't very accurate uh, in that game. Like, those were some horrific interceptions. Yeah, throwing them down kind of a, a prayer at some point, safety over the top, uh, easy interceptions. You talk about that Garrett Wilson touchdown. I mean, that was a terrible throw by Zach Wilson, and <laughs> Garrett Wilson made something out of nothing because uh, he was playing defensive back. He was trying to break that play up, and then he still comes down with it. It was a heck of a play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, not a good stat line when you have m- more Achilles ruptures than completions in a single game. Uh, terrible for the Jets. Obviously, there was so much expectations with Aaron Rodgers going forward this year and what he was going to bring uh, to this offense, Craig. Now, like, do, do you go get someone else? Is there, there's, there's not really anyone out there that can jump in there and help you immediately. Would you claim Rourke off of waivers from Jacksonville? I mean, maybe. I'm not saying he's going to be your starter yeah. right away, but 
Like, are, are you going to go and recycle some veteran who's been around the league who you know isn't that good anymore? Well, and that's it. Like, is a, is a Colt McCoy suddenly become yeah. an option? He's not going to win you games, but can he manage it enough? Can you run the ball and, and still win football games off the, the backs of your defense and your running game? Maybe. He's, he probably won't hurt you as much as Zach Wilson does because, you know, that, that touchdown should have been picked off. It was a great play by Garrett Wilson. I don't know what the Jets do. It's going to be really interesting to see if they make some calls. Well, they're going to, they're going to go with Zach Wilson right now. How oh, can yeah. they not? Like, obviously, like you can't, you bring in someone who's got to figure out the offense. And now Zach Wilson get number one reps. So who knows? Uh, like, I would assume he'll have Aaron Rodgers kind of help him out. Yeah. Right. It, I would assume, I would hope anyway. So who knows? Hey, you know, yeah, I remember they were pretty high in Wilson when they, when they drafted him. So we had Warren Moon on yesterday. What did Warren Moon say? There's not a shortage of good young quarterbacks. There's a shortage of patience and development in how you develop. He shouldn't have been starting last year. Yeah. It's not his fault. He's not NFL ready right out of the chute. So that actually makes some sense. So we'll see. Hey, guys, absolutely. The parents have the right, and I will say responsibility to know what's going on with their kids and their phones. It's called parenting from uh, Zeke. Guys, I got my kids' phones in the mid-teams. I've never considered looking at them. We talk about it. That one comes from uh, Joe. Hey, guys, I agree it's best to limit their access when possible, but straight to deciding internet access, I don't think it's even achievable. Well, why not? If you don't put data on their phone, right, and you they don't have a search engine, where you go. You could do it. That's all I'm saying. Phones used to not have the internet on them, right? Because if the whole purpose is to get a hold of people, then you don't need the internet. You just need a phone line. Correct? That's all I'm saying. So I understand how the phone works. I'm just saying if your argument is, well, I want to be able to get a hold of them, then get them a phone that just answers calls. Get them a pager. Let's go old school. <laughs> Could you imagine bringing the pager back? Oh, that would be glorious. I would love it <laughs> just for the struggles for the kids today. What's this? Yeah, it's a pager. What? Oh, yeah. Mom and dad want to get a hold of me, and then I got to go find a phone. <laughs> Oh, that means we'd have to bring back the payphone. Oh, that'd be another glorious thing. Awesome. Uh, coming up, uh, Jarius Jackson will join us next. It's the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca, and we are coming to you live from the E-Well Studios. E-W-E-L for all your electrical needs. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We continue on Tuesday afternoon. Welcome back. Gregor Show with Connor Halley, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Have more th- uh, three more picks. If there's a pick tonight that you're really confident in, text it to 101260. Uh, we can maybe put it in our uh, three-play parlay. Uh, everything we win goes to kids sport. So can help out. If you're feeling really confident, let us know. Text it and just put uh, hashtag play in. There you go. Did you see how we lost yesterday, Gregor? Yeah. <laughs> Got the tough ones. Houston Astros let us down. Yeah, how is that possible? How do they the athletics. Lo- they lose to Oakland. Yeah. Gosh, we had the under. We picked the big upset. Yeah. For the Padres over the Dodgers. Jeez. The basically they just screwed over the kids is what they did right there. It's unfortunate. Let's get to our big guest today. Brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. AJHL's action kicks off this Friday at the Grant Fear Arena. Get your tickets at sprucegrovesaints.ca as they host Grand Prairie on Friday and Fort Mac on Saturday. Sprucegrovesaints.ca. We are joined by the offensive coordinator, of the Edmonton Elks, of course, uh, former CFL QB, Jerry's Jackson joins us. Jerry's, welcome back to the show, my man. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. So, a- as an offensive coordinator, Jerry's, do you mm-hmm. do you only look at the fourth quarter and be like, man, that's awesome? Do you just ah, we don't really have to worry about the uh, the first uh, three quarters, specifically the passing game, because man, I I don't know if I've seen a turnaround like that. You guys couldn't get much going offensively uh, in the passing game, anyway. And then the fourth quarter came, and it just it blew up. It was great. What what changed? What, what did you guys start doing different to penetrate them through the air in the fourth quarter? Well, it was just more about the calling. Um, you know, going into the game, uh, my whole thing was I wanted to get the Browns attack going. I wanted to, you know, kind of exploit them defensively uh, with their front seven. Uh, I just felt like we had a edge in the running game. As you can see, the first three plays of the game were straight to KB, and and he was able to score and squeak out of there and score in the third play of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had a huge hole as well uh, on the play where he was running through, and he actually got hit from the side and fumbled the ball. And it just got to a point where, um, you know, uh, the, the game plan as to, you know, how we wanted to control the game on the ground and, you know, act straight to throw the ball here and there, things things change. So you have to adjust. So, um, you know, they were able to, to get up on up, get up on us on the scoreboard. And so um, that made us change our game plan. And so we had to start swinging around the yard a little bit in the fourth. And it worked. And, and obviously you played the position. And so you got to be pretty confident in, A, the athleticism of your quarterback, but to not get frustrated. You know, you look up and it's 21 passing yards through three quarters, and some quarterbacks would be like, are you kidding me? But he didn't seem rattled at all, Jarius. What what impresses you maybe most now that you've gotten to work with Trey Ford and seen him for the last month in game action? Yeah, exactly what you just said. I mean, you know, he didn't get rattled. Uh, He believes in the play calling and – um, you know, it, it's all him as far as going out there and executing. You know how it is with coaches. I mean, we can only put our guys in uh, positions to be successful, and it's up to them to go, to go out there and execute. I mean, X's and O's are one thing and how you draw it up on paper, but at the end of the day, players go win games, not coaches. So, um, you know, the kid's electric. You know, he's fun to watch, and 
Uh, you can tell by the crowds that we've been getting the last few home, last couple home games. So uh, hopefully we can uh, continue to build off this momentum. It's been a, a real turnaround, right? Uh, and and I, don't, I don't want to talk bad about uh, your predecessor or anything, but the offense, you changed OCs and you changed quarterbacks, and you guys have just scored way way more points. It, it's been much more uh, effective. Is it is it too simple to just say that, you know, like it's play calling and obviously the athleticism of, of Trey Ford just opens up things that maybe weren't there early in the season? Well, I think you still have to uh, call the game a certain way, personally. Uh, I think you still have to put the quarterback in favorable positions. Um, you know, I think we run the ball uh, a lot more now and, um, you know, to give the O-line an opportunity to tee off the ball as far as, you know, coming off on the front six and not, not allowing them just to pin their ears back and, you know, throwing the ball 50 times in a row. So uh, I think Trey's, um, you know, his attempts have been down, but his percentages have been high because he's been able to find open guys. And as you see, as, as the games get later in the quarter, um, you know, the rush from the opponent isn't necessarily always there. So uh, that allows him to stand back in the pocket now and, find the open guy down the field, and if not, he's able to use his God-given talent. Jarius Jackson joins us, offensive coordinator of the Edmonton Elks. Jarius, we had Warren Moon on the show yesterday, and he doesn't feel there's a shortage of good quarterbacks in, in pro sports in the NFL and the CFL. He thinks there's a shortage of patience and development and how it's difficult for guys to just step in, that there there needs to be more coaching. You, know, you are a quarterback yourself. Uh, where do you come out on that? Does Does there need to be a change overall in how we develop quarterbacks? I think so. Uh, you know, we've always, you know, I've discussed with Coach Jones at length on numerous different occasions that, um, you know, there should be a different salary cap for quarterbacks. I think the biggest thing is when, you know, you lump everybody into one salary cap, then now, um, you know, you don't get the guys that were, that are willing to come up to Canada from the U.S. and things of that nature. So, um, you know, it comes down to money sometimes with these guys, and I get it. And, you know, there's other leagues now that you're contending with. So um, you have to make it favorable for these guys, especially guys that have been to Power 5 schools and you got the NIL deals and all these different things that are going on down south. Then I think, I think you know, times have changed, and uh, the league definitely needs to adapt from that standpoint. Jarius Jackson joins us. Jarius, looking ahead to Saskatchewan. Now, you faced them twice, so you've got lots of film on them from your own games and then obviously what they've done recently. Uh, you know, you guys still have playoff aspirations. It's a huge game on Friday night. Can you talk about just maybe the mentality of your group and how different it is now that you've got, like, confidence is a powerful thing. And 3-1 and one in your last yeah. four games, you were very competitive in that game against Winnipeg, like... As a coach, even, is it noticeable for you how different the confidence level is for your players? And does that lead to better execution even in practice? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, the main thing for us is we focus on ourselves, right? Like, it doesn't matter who the opponent is. And that's one of the things since I've taken over that I started preaching to the guys is it doesn't matter what color jersey we're facing. It's all about us. It's all about our execution. Um, it's about us uh, coming off the ball, being the more physical team. Uh, limiting turnovers, uh, being great on second down. It's just a list of things that we go through each and every week that we have to focus on offensively, right? We know there's three phases to the game as far as offense, defense, and special teams. But, you know, within our phase, um, that's how we approach it each and every week is focusing on ourselves. Jairus, what's your mindset when it comes to, you know, flea flickers and a little bit of 
tomfoolery and trickery in the, in the back play. Are, are you a big fan of it? Would you like to see more of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, you've been paying attention to the games. I think we were able to get one up against Calgary off a jet sweep. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Swerve for us has been running a lot of jet sweeps. So, um, you know, he's been in my ear about telling me that, uh, you know, they'd be saying Lamar who if he was six foot two as opposed to his guard he is. And so, um, you know, I put him Johnny on the spot and, and, and gave him that opportunity and he came through for it. So um, I'm definitely all for it. If you're going to give me a cheap one, a cheap seven points, I'll take it any time of the day and twice on game day. Now, Jerry, you mentioned earlier how the game plan was, and, and obviously when you have over 400 rushing yards against Calgary in, in consecutive games combined, I can see why you wanted to run the ball a lot. But how much of that should we be giving credit to the O-line? I think the O-line lots of times doesn't get a lot of credit, that even though they're hugely important to the success of a team, but they were dominating. There were some huge holes. What specifically has changed, or what have you liked about your unit as a whole here the last month offensively on the O-line? Just the fact that they've been, you know, uh, extremely physical. Uh, they're not letting known rushers just come through and, and, and come at Trey. Um, you know, they've like you said, they've been very dominant. You know, I'm proud of those guys. And, you know, they don't get all the accolades all the time. A lot of time it goes to the quarterback. We're good, better, and different. But, um, you know, we wouldn't have any of the success that we're having right now if it wasn't for those those five, six guys up front. So, um, definitely kudos. And my hat goes off to them. And, you know, they know how much, uh, you know, as a quarterback, we care about those guys. And you got to keep those guys happy. So, to keep them happy. I try to run the ball as much as I can. Uh, Jarius, one thing I've noticed about Trey Ford that's very impressive is his willingness to slide. We see a lot of guys, you know, your emotions, your adrenaline gets fired. Oh, geez, I can get an extra yard or two, and you take a pretty hellacious hit at mm-hmm. times. And I get in certain situations maybe it's needed. But like, is there like, – how has he bought in? Because not a lot of guys buy into it right away. Like, he'll scramble and he'll keep running. It's not like he's scared – but he, he seems to really know when's the right time to slide, and, and he gives himself up, doesn't have to take any contact. Um, do you guys have, like, an internal little bet there to ensure he does it? Because uh, uh, he's, been, he's been using it very well to avoid contact. No, this is one of the things we talk about uh, as a group is, is you know, uh, taking care of ourselves and, and being safe. I mean, you take a lot of hits as it is in general because you're touching the ball every play. So all eyes are on you from the 12 guys on the field, and, um, you know, they're always, whenever they get the opportunity, it's all, they're always trying to knock the crap out of you. So, um, you know, don't give them that opportunity. And if the sideline is your friend or sliding is your friend, there's nothing wrong with that. The name of the game is longevity when it comes to playing quarterback. So if you want to have a long career, then, um, you know, you don't have to be known as a tough guy. You know, go ahead and get down or, or get out of bounds and, and let's move on to the next play. So uh, that's definitely one of the things we talk about in our room is, is, is taking care of our bodies and, and getting down and not taking um, unnecessary hits. And lastly, Jerry, just for you personally, I know you've called plays before, but you know you, you take over as you did five weeks ago, calling plays for this team. Can you talk maybe about how just how the responsibility overall? How does your day to day workload change now that you're calling the plays all the time? What's changed from before? Well, you know, I get to slam the gavel as far as uh, what goes in the game plan and whatnot. Um, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a collaborative effort from, uh, you know, Coach Soles doing a great job with the run game, Coach Howell helping out with the passing run game, um, you know, Jordan Lennon, the running backs coach, keeping those guys as far as in the backfield and their P's and Q's. So it's definitely a collaborative effort from, from all of those guys. But 
Um, at the end of the day, I get to slam the gavel on what goes in the game plan or what doesn't. So um, that's uh, – and besides, like you just stated, you know, calling the game on game day. Um, other than that, all my duties and responsibilities pretty much stayed the same. Like I've always approached it as if I was the OC, even when I wasn't. So, um, you know, but now I get to call it and actually slam the gavel what goes in and what doesn't. I like it. Uh, the other thing, Jerry, is we might have to talk to you about uh, potentially doing some voiceover work for us with that deep, Barry White-like <laughs> voice of yours. We might, have, we might have to have a conversation about that. Uh, that's a voice that uh, every radio guy is jealous of. Oh, man. I, I can't tell. I've had it probably since I was 16, so <laughs> I don't know any different. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Jerry, it's best of luck Friday night in Saskatchewan against the Riders. Appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Jarius Jackson, OC for the no seriously, you hear that voice, Con Man? Are you kidding me? Like I couldn't even I couldn't even try to be that deep. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you nailed it with the, the radio guys. Yeah, we're all like, man, oh, I wish I had that. It's voice. really deep. Hey, how you doing? And that doesn't even like that sounds terrible. Probably. So. I, I wonder, you know, going back to earlier on in the season with his role in the team. He he must have just been itching to get the oh. the OC position, hey? Like, God. oh, just give me a chance. Let me recall some of these plays. Make it happen. And uh, he he's ran with it. He and Trey Ford have done great work. Like honestly, especially if the Elks are able to win on Friday, the biggest mistake that they made this year was not getting rid of McAdoo earlier. That's just a fact. I I don't see how anybody can argue that. And the thing was, McAdoo had shown for many years what he was as an OC. In Saskatchewan, in Edmonton. I just, I never, I thought it was always too passive. And look, the O-line isn't suddenly infinitely better. But guess what? They call the game better that suits their talents, and they're crushing it. Yeah, Trey Ford can scramble, no question, that helps. That's obvious. But the previous OC didn't think he was ready. And the head coach agreed with him. Like, if they missed the playoffs by one one game or one point or something like that. There's going to be, if, if I was at the end of the year when I'm doing my season review and it's Rick Lawlisher, if he's still there, or if they don't have a new president, I'd be like, okay, explain to me why you guys felt Cornelius and in the case of Chris Jones and why McAdoo is the right answer. I just want to know what the answer is because I think it's an important question. 238, that's a big guest brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. Go to sprucegrovesaints.ca and get your tickets for Friday and Saturday night. The first weekend of the AJHL 23-24 season is upon us. It's going to be great across the league. should be a great year. St. Albert and, or sorry, Spruce Grove and Sherwood Park. The Crusaders, very young team last year. They, they're returning lots of their guys. Very good chance you could have Spruce and Sherwood Park 1-2 in the North this year. And that rivalry is still awesome. So looking forward to the upcoming AJHL season. We'll take a break. We've got uh, lots of text to get to at uh, 10, 12, 60. Uh, Bill Bender will uh, join us uh, recapping a crazy first week in the National Football League. Rolling through Tuesday afternoon. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Presented by Uh Some quick news before we go to the NFL. The Edmonton Orders, uh, I mentioned it last week. I'd heard rumblings they were thinking about uh, bringing in another player. Well, Adam Ernie has signed a PTO. He is the uh, third forward the Orders will have on a PTO when uh, camp begins next week. Of course, uh, formerly with the Detroit Red Wings. Big left winger. You know, he's kind of a fourth-line guy. Um, you know, depth player. Probably might be in the organization. Like, 
He's not as tough as Clem Costin. I don't think he's as physical, but kind of similar size. So that's where you go. Uh, some bad news for the Elks. Stephen Dunbar Jr. and uh, defensive back uh, Jeremy Dominique have both been placed on the six-game injured list. Dunbar, rib injury. Dominique has a hamstring injury. So Dunbar Jr. out. That pretty big uh, Labor Day or Labor Week, I should say, for him. So tough loss. The uh, Elks, though, they hey, they got some good depth of receiving, so I, I think they'll be all right. Uh, maybe Mitchell gets a little bit more involved. We shall see. Let's get to now the uh, NFL report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. With no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace or AC unit. Have a cool summer and a warm winter. LegacyHeating.ca. As uh, Bill Bender joins us now to uh, recap the uh, weekend that was in the National Football League from uh, Sporting News. And, uh, Bill, it was it was a sloppy week. It was an exciting one. It ends on a punt return in overtime for a touchdown for the New York Jets after they lost Aaron Rodgers for the season with an Achilles rip uh, early in the game. It was, it was a crazy week. I want to start with, like, I looked at some teams who just looked really sloppy and a few coaches admitted that they might have to rethink their strategy on limiting to virtually nothing when it comes to snaps for a lot of their their number one offensive guys and even some defensive guys. Do you think that will actually happen next year, or is that just talk because it happened right now? I mean, week one feels like an extension of the preseason to yes. me. The last couple of years, and now that they've added a 17th game, and, and what you watch for is you know the unfortunate things that happen with injuries. I mean, none bigger than Aaron Rodgers, but also the sloppiness in which the Bengals played with. I mean, Joe Burrow, he was injured, so it wasn't like he was going to play in the preseason, but you see that. And again, like the last couple of years, I, I, I don't know if NFL teams treat it that way, but it, it feels that way from a viewing experience that it looks like that kind of, they're still working into shape because some of those guys haven't played. Well, some teams it didn't impact them, so who knows? But you know, you look at Josh Allen; he took he took all the blame afterwards. You know, he wasn't very good. There were some terrible throws that led to interceptions for him in that second half against a Jets team that didn't have a whole lot going for themselves offensively. Kind of handed it and allowed the Jets to stick around. And then, obviously, a great play by Wilson in the end zone. And then, of course, the uh, the punt return to win the game. You know, there's some people that wonder about the Bills. And how, you know, like, geez, they got to get going here. Or, you know, maybe they're going to have to retool a little bit. Where do you stand on the Bills? Yeah, I mean, that was a tough loss. But, I mean, the turnovers are killers. And that's something that Josh Allen, for all the good things he does, I mean, some of those turnovers have come back to haunt them. And they couldn't get the offense going. They were playing a very good Jets defensive team. Now, if you look at Josh Allen's, like, career numbers against the Jets, they're not all that great. So, I mean, maybe that's part of it. It's a bad matchup in some ways. But I think Buffalo's fine. They should be able to bounce back this week at home against the Raiders and uh, get things back on track. But, you know, I guess it's just fitting that because Kansas City and Cincinnati lost that Buffalo, the other team that we talked about, the team and the quarterback, they had to lose too. Yeah, that's, that is interesting that uh, Casey, Cincy, and uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, three of the best teams in the AFC last year, all lost. And maybe that's where they're like, ah, okay, we're good. You know what? We didn't lose any ground because uh, all of those teams would love home field advantage. And I think Cincy and, and Buffalo might say, hey, our best chance to beat the Chiefs in the postseason is if we're at home. 
Right. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's the value of it. I mean, the missed opportunity, because I do think all three of those teams will be there in the end. And another team that could really make a statement in week two is Jacksonville. Uh, they were able to bounce. They had the slow start, but they got it going against the Colts. And now they have the opportunity to go 2-0 and at home against the Chiefs and distance themselves that way, not to mention create the head-to-head tiebreaker. And that is a very competitive, tough, well-coached Jacksonville team with Doug Peterson, and it absolutely could happen. So that's definitely a game that has my interest going to this weekend, similar to Cincinnati and Baltimore. I mean, the Bengals can't afford to get go to 0-2 in that division where – Cleveland has obviously improved. Pittsburgh, maybe not as much, but if Baltimore beats them and you start your year off by losing two division games, you're up against it right away. Bill Bender joins us. Bill, uh, Tua and the Dolphins offense, man, they look good. Lots of people coming into the season expected them to be good, and they've lived up to it. it like, where do you, are the Dolphins, like, should they be considered a legit, legit Super Bowl contender, or is it still too early? Uh, I mean, they're in that mix. That offense is really fun, and they get up and down and score a bunch of points. And um, obviously, they're really good at the receiver position. And I think if Tua stays healthy and Mike McDaniel continues to evolve, I mean, they can be a scary matchup for just about anybody. So they're in that mix in that loaded AFC. And, you know, rather you, I guess the only way to look at it is Aaron Rodgers' injury really decreases the Jets. Yeah chances by a huge percentage and I think Miami benefits from that right so I think Miami Buffalo um maybe New England to some extent but yeah Miami will be a playoff team again what do you make of the quarterback options for the New York Jets we know that you know they're going to go with the young guy to start but who would you bring in if you were the New York Jets Tom Brady <laughs> no I'm not I, I had to say it right yeah. at least once uh, is Tom Brady available um well that would fuel all kinds of content for us journalists if that happened. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, we'll see. I think they'll they'll stick with Zach Wilson as long as they can. I mean, after all, he is a high-round draft pick. They did win the game. This is part of every NFL season, unfortunately, where you have an injury like this. And I just – I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. Like, and I, and I, I am a Packers fan, but the – the way that happened, I wanted to see a full year of him with the Jets and, and what that made and what he meant to that fan base. But I, I think they will stick with Zach Wilson in the short term. You move over to the NFC. Um, the, the Cowboys absolutely obliterated the Giants. And it wasn't even the Cowboys' offense, funny enough. It was their special teams and defense that, that did most of the damage, which is, which is crazy to think because a lot of people are high on their offense. You know, Philly – slow start but they they still got the win you know the san francisco 49ers there's lots of hype coming in about the 49ers i thought they had an exceptional first week christian mccaffrey had 150 yards or defense uh, almost pitched a shutout like are they the class of the nfc and if so who would you have in their class and who's the tier below them I think the four best teams in the NFC would be, you know, our power rankings, Vinny Iyer does those at Sporting News, and he's dead on. I mean, whether it's San Francisco, Philly, Dallas, and I might put Detroit in there. Mm. I mean, they earned it. They had a really huge win against Kansas City. Those are the top four teams in the NFC after week one. And Green Bay was impressive with Jordan Love. I, and I think they did a good job of protecting Jordan Love with Aaron Jones through the first three quarters. And their defense played very well. So the Packers aren't going away. And what a story that would be if, if they replace 
Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love, and he's able to lead them to the playoffs. Well, it'd be crazy. And that would be another great example of what we had Warren Moon on the show yesterday. And Warren Moon said, the NFL doesn't have a lack of quarterback talent. They have a lack of quarterback patience and development. And you bring young guys out of college and, you know, you throw them in to, to be NFL starters right away. They don't even get a lot of learning opportunities behind it. And, you know, some of them struggle and don't live up. There's all this massive pressure on these high picks. And then you look at Green Bay. They went to Brett Favre. Oh, they drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Guess what? Three years, Aaron Rodgers was the backup. Didn't play a whole bunch. Learned. Waited his time. Comes in. Hall of Famer. Jordan Love now. A few years. Learns his trade. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer by any stretch, but right. one week in, he just looks so much more confident and poised. And I wonder why more teams don't look and say, hey, maybe we should stop rushing these young guys because the graveyard of young quarterbacks rushed who are kicked out of the league in three years is much longer than the guys who get two, three years behind a starter and then become successful. Well, I mean, nobody could say it better than Warren Moon. You know, he was one of the best and uh, Hall of Fame quarterback and obviously a long career. And, you know, the thing with Jordan Love, the composure you're talking about, he didn't take a lot of sacks. He didn't turn the ball over. And then on the one where they fumble a snap, he has the presence of mind to still throw it to his tight end. And, and I think being in the league and learning from Aaron Rodgers and those kind of things certainly benefited him. And there's no rhyme or reason. I mean, Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud will have a learning curve, and I think Anthony Richardson had some good moments in his start, same as Stroud, and same as Bryce Young. But to your point, I mean, the, there is a patience problem you, because this is the world we live in. You, everybody wants to be 10-6 and six and in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl right away when that's some cases it's just not realistic. No, not at all. Um, speaking of the Bengals, obviously Joe Burrow, because of uh, coming off the uh, the injury, he didn't play all preseason. Um, like T Higgins had eight targets, zero catches. Like they were just out of sync. It was painfully obvious. Do you expect that to get back to normal or did you see anything else in Cincy that concerns you? Well, I mean, it's weird. They they lose to Cleveland and the weather was bad and they've had a bad history up there in Cleveland with Burrow for some reason. And, uh, you know, I got some buddies that are Bengals fans and it's as confounding to them as anybody, but I, I'm not, too worried about them i mean burrow's healthy they can get back to the running game a little bit get the you know have better weather it is a big game against the ravens though because you know that was a game that was obviously a really tight playoff game until huntley fumbled last year yeah and like i said i mean the stakes of starting oh and two in that division where cleveland i think cleveland's a factor i think cleveland kind of went under the radar a little bit and Man, what what about them? If they can beat Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in two weeks, I know how excited they're going to be. Bill, always good to catch up with you, man. Enjoy week two. I will. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care. Have a great week. I bet you that's uh, Bill Bender from the uh, Sporting News or NFL Report, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. We have lots of text, 833-401-1440. It's where you can uh, text us coming in. Uh, we got, hey, guys, I'm a... Bengals fan, I have to admit, I'm concerned. Should I be? Nick, ah, it's one game. Joe Burrow, the whole offense, they really didn't have hardly any reps. I know he took some reps in practice, but they're, they're, I just they have too much talent with Higgins and Chase and Mixon and Burrow. I just, you know, their O-line maybe, bit of a concern possibly, but I, I think since he will uh, right the ship. It'll be a tough week against Baltimore, no question, but... I still, uh, I would have faith that uh, Cincy, when it's all said and done, will be a team that's uh, either in the playoffs or, or definitely in the playoff mix. Like, I'd be stunned if they had a terrible year. I guess anything could happen, but uh, that would surprise me uh, a little bit.
Hey, guys, would the NHLPA not be investigating this Columbus uh, thing that Biznasty reported? Uh, yeah, they would look into it, I would think, if they want to, right? Like, you're the PA. You're going to reach out. You're going to talk to Boone Jenner as the captain and then whoever the player rep is for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're going to get differing opinions on it. And then they'll have the conversation because, and we'll talk to Sean Brown about this because it's, you know what, you, you had the report from uh, from Paul Bisonette, then you had the the, re- the response from Boone Jenner and Mike Babcock saying, no, we're sitting in meetings, you know what, we've doing this whole process, getting to know people, he asked me for pictures of my family and different things and said, hey, do you want to show me some? He showed me pictures of his. And I get it. People will say, well, my boss never asked me for pictures. Okay, but what's your what's your job? Right? Like, is it one where you have a real trust factor together that, you know, like the coach is right behind you, you guys right behind you when you're doing stuff all day long? Like, not every boss-employee relationship is the same. So, if have you ever had a new boss? Right? Let's say your old boss got hired. Where your new boss come in? Does he ask you questions, try to get to know you a little bit? Like, I don't know. I would think you'd want to. It all, it, in certain situation, if somebody says, oh, yeah, you know what? Hey, I got three kids. And he's like, oh, yeah, here's my kids. Here's a picture of my kids, whatever. I don't think anybody would feel that awkward about it. Right? Like, you need to have a good rapport with your head coach. You don't have to get along great. But you have to have a good rapport. And I could see if the coach is like, you know what? You try to understand your players. You know what? Uh, the married guys are maybe different. He's going to ask, obviously, as Connor alluded to earlier, you're going to ask different questions to the single guys. And so maybe Boone Jenner is not the best example. Maybe it's other guys, right? What he did to Boone Jenner, that might be true. But it also might be true that he asked young rookie guys to show their phone, to, right? Both can be true. And that's obviously... I would assume what they'd look into to find out. We'll see where it goes. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering, specializing in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Here's Connor Halley. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 